Hey, I'm Zanzi and welcome to Farmers Inside Track, where we dive into the world of agriculture, uncovering the opportunities and challenges faced by South African farmers. Today, we step into the world of Nguni cattle breeding, a practice deeply rooted in South African heritage and agricultural tradition. I'm your host, Dawn Umdu, and in this episode, we explore the significance of Nguni cattle breeding, the challenges and the fusion of traditional wisdom and modern techniques. We get insights from Pakade Kanile, a soldier by profession and Nguni cattle breeder. We address the primary traits sought after by breeders through selective breeding. We share tips for breeders who aim to enhance characteristics like resistance to diseases, fertility and the adaptability of these animals to various environments. Pakadi, thank you so much for joining us here on Farmers Inside Track. Really a pleasure to have you with us, sharing more information about your farming enterprise, but more so specifically your Kaguni cattle. Before we kick off, maybe you can just tell us briefly about where your farming journey started. We featured you on Food from Zanzi before and just more about you. Thanks. Thank you very much, Dawn. It's a pleasure to be here again. My journey with farming and cattle specifically comes from my father and my father's opinion. My personal cattle herd in October 2019. So I'm still new technically in the game, but I've been exposed to it for some years before that. We're specifically going to be talking about, you know, the primary traits that comes with, you know, breeding in Guni cattle and what that aim is. Maybe you can just start by telling us specifically what are the primary traits or characteristics that Nguni cattle breeders aim to improve through selective breeding? We have an animal that is very well adapted to all the areas of Southern Africa. Nguni cattle are indigenous African cattle breed. They have excellent pigmentation for protection against the sun, low maintenance cattle. They have great temperaments. They're excellent as a dam line to produce crossbreeding calves. They're hardy, they're strong, they're tick resistant and disease resistant. Those are all traits and characteristics that we as a breed must definitely maintain as we go forward and not lose them as we try to chase other than market demands. I know that's obviously, you know, the environment influences quite a bit when it comes to farming, breeding and all of that. How do environmental factors really influence, you know, breeding strategies for Nguni cattle, particularly in various regions of South Africa? Maybe you can tell us how it relates to the area where you are specifically. South Africa is a very diverse country ecologically. So a farmer farming in the Karoo would have very different set of challenges and considerations than a farmer in the high felt of Mpumalang versus a farmer in the free state and then a farmer in Northwest. For myself, we are in the harsh sour felt region of the high felt next to Amersfoort. So that is a primarily summer rainforest area, good quality rain. So you have lots of good quality grazing the early part of summer, but as the rains continue, they leach out the soils resulting in lots of grass, but very low nutrition. And then we have cold winters. So that means you have to have an animal that's well adapted to those areas where they're able to survive on less than optimal grazing quality, able to survive cold winters, able to put on fat early, maturing early as well, because the felt isn't of the highest quality throughout the year. Yes, we've got good summers, springs and summers, but you know the animals have to be well adapted. So area by area, a farmer has to decide what are my conditions and have cattle that can perform in those conditions. 
I've heard some people in the research space and even farmers themselves telling me that you farm with the felt <laughs> in mind constantly. So that's also something that you monitor throughout your practice. I mean, it's so really interesting to hear you also talk about that in that way. And now I want to just move over slightly to more traditional practices. And can you elaborate a little bit more on that? You know, traditional breeding practices utilized by indigenous farmers to enhance desirable traits when it comes to Nguni cattle preserve and enhance these desirable traits that you focus on? I think traditionally Nguni cattle have always had a dual role in homesteads. So one, they are a source of income. They must calve every year or regularly. So cattle were low maintenance and able to become, they were fertile. The unfertile animals were taken out of the herd because they were just not able to perform and provide an income to those families. And then also, because they were kept together as one big group of animals, they had to be low maintenance in terms of easy calvers. You didn't want to have animals that gave you calving problems when they were calving at young ages. So those animals generally that had calving problems were weeded out of the herd and no longer are a main challenge. And that's a traditional practice that continues to this day. Cattle have to add milk, because in the sense of cattle provide milk and meat to those owners. Um, so they had to have for mass drinking milk and any other milk products. So those traditional uh, systems are still in place and traditional knowledge are still in place. And people look at cattle that are able to provide all those needs for the homestead and small scale or upcoming farmers. And then on the flip side, in terms of, you know, genetic diversity, how important is the preservation of purebred Nguni cattle compared to crossbreeding with other breeds? Are some farmers for it? Are some farmers against it? How do you feel as a producer yourself? I believe that it's important that we have purebred Nguni cattle. Yes, over time, some people have decided to crossbreed, which does have certain productive value. If you go to the rural areas of this country, you'll see how much crossbreeding has been left unchecked, has changed the herd. So you'll see the introduction of other genes, and it's becoming rarer and rarer to see purebred Nguni cattle. We hope that through the society, through breeding clubs, through education, that as we'll be able to focus on maintaining purebred animals whilst maintaining a crossbreeding program that is responsible and keeping good records in order for the herd and the fundamentals of the herd to be stable for future generations. I think record keeping in that way is very important and it can never be overlooked as a producer. Let's talk for a moment, you know, about some of the key challenges faced by breeders in maintaining the purity of the Nkuni cattle breed, especially with factors like market demand and commercialization. The challenges to the purity of the herd aren't a new challenge. If you look at in the previous dispensation, the government was making other imported breeds holes available to Nguni farmers for them to so-called improve the breed because it was inferior. Fortunately, with this foresight, key people and purebred animals were kept. So we do have that legacy of good purebred animals. However, market demands are also a factor that farmers are cognizant of. So you have markets do demand wieners if you're in the wiener market to be of a certain weight. And Nguni cattle are known to be lighter, that's a fact, and known to be multicolored generally. That's also a fact. So it's important for farmers to try and meet their, the requirements of the market in order for them to be profitable. Because yes, at the end of the day, it is a business. Market demands must be met by producers, otherwise you will be penalized. So there's a very 
tricky balance that farmers have to look at in terms of maintaining the priority of their herd, whilst also being able to have a product that is marketable and demanded as not to receive penalties when you sell it at whatever channel you sell it. Now, are there specific, you know, strategies or programs in place to support small-scale farmers in adopting improved breeding techniques for Nguni cattle? I believe that Nguni Society has a great training program. It's important that, you know, with education and training, you can develop people, you develop knowledge in order to support them in their farming journeys. ARC, the Agricultural Research Council, which does important training and support through the KYD program that helps emerging farmers or small-scale farmers use the necessary breeding strategies, things like record keeping, things like breeding seasons, things like good animal health records and practices. Those are all vital in ensuring farmers are having animals that are stable, that are profitable on their farm. Can we discuss for a moment, you know, the significance of Nguni cattle in sustainable agriculture, particularly the adaptability and resilience to harsh conditions? I think you mentioned this earlier um, in our conversation already, but just to rehash that for perhaps breeders or farmers who would like to change over to the Nguni cattle, and yeah, you can advocate as much as a breeder yourself. I know how much you love this animal. So if you could just talk us through that for a moment. Thanks. Nguni cattle are amazing. I say that knowing that I'm biased in my thinking, all cattle have a role. All cattle are amazing. But Nguni cattle are truly a African gift. Especially now we look at factors like climate change and global warming. It's important to farm animals that are well adapted to your area. I cannot overemphasize that enough. And Nguni cattle with their smaller size, with their hardiness and tick resistance means that now if an animal is tick resistant, you have to treat it less. You have to dip it less, use less chemicals on it in order for it to survive in that area. Two, Nguni cattle are known to be able to utilize grazing that maybe other cattle would not be able to utilize, be it, you know, poor quality grazing. So that's also important so that you're not having to buy feed. Because every time you go to a co-op or shop and having to buy expensive seed or seed maize, that is a cost that's coming to you as the producer. It's also been proven through various studies that Nguni cattle can produce beef at the lowest cost per kilogram per hectare. So they make a lot of sense financially as well, if used in the right way, if used for their intended purpose. And then of course, veterinary costs are lower, costing ease, so have less challenges. You don't have to always have an eye on them. You are able to just let them be what they are and they will perform off the field. So that's why I believe, especially in our times now of climate change, you need cattle that are well adapted, that are fertile, that are low maintenance, that are easy carvers that can produce year in and year out on their farm. Just hearing you talk about it makes me feel like I should get a few Nguni cattle on my own, to be honest. I think it would be a great idea. You'd be more than welcome to join the family. Absolutely amazing. As we wrap up the conversation, uh, maybe you can talk to us more about how breeders balance between conserving the breed's unique genetic heritage and enhancing productivity for commercial purposes. How does one kind of balance this and make sure that the scales are almost equal in that way? This is my opinion, obviously. In order to preserve the animals, we have to make sure that they are acceptable for the market. That is the easiest way because they are not wildlife, they're not game. So the best way to make sure that preserve for future generations and is to make sure that we identify the best animals that are best producers 
and make sure we farm with them profitably, expand their numbers, increase their numbers to many breeders, make sure the breeders are farming the most productive way possible in order to be accepted by the market. I believe that's the best way for our breed to go forward. And I believe many farmers feel the same way too. And if you look at the numbers, Wuni cattle make sense on many regards in terms of lower costs and their productivity. We just have to make sure that we are able to communicate what we are uh, and also weed out the poorer performing animals. Because like in any breed, there'll be excellent Wuni cattle and we must make sure our cattle are always excellent. As we close, um, what role does community involvement and knowledge sharing play in perpetuating effective breeding techniques and ensuring the preservation of Nguni cattle genetics? There's a saying in Africa that if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. And so it is with Nguni cattle farming. I think it requires a community, clubs, and a society, and like-minded farmers in order for us to really share knowledge share the best breeding practices, share management practices, share financial information and best practice in order for our farms and enterprises to really go forward. Keeping knowledge to ourselves doesn't really benefit anyone. I think for our breed to go forward, for all farmers to go forward, whatever breed, we have to really work together, collaborate, share knowledge, share training. That's the wonderful thing about the Nguni breed. It's one big family. And I think all cattle farmers by and large in South Africa, are one big family. We want all of our breeds to succeed. We want people to enjoy our products. We want people to really take value and pride in our cattle. So I think cattle farmers are some of the best farmers in the world. And that's, I think, been proven time and time again. Our animals are in demand. By sharing knowledge and sharing best practice, we can only go higher and higher, making sure that we have inclusive growth, all parts of the community, be it, be it small-scale farmers, subsistence farmers, large commercial farmers, we all are pulling in the same direction with the same ultimate goal in mind. Absolutely amazing. You make me so proud to be a South African, to be honest. I really enjoyed talking to you and really enjoyed the insights that you shared. I know now a little bit more about breeding techniques and strategies that farmers can use to improve their agribusinesses overall. So thank you so much for your time and everything of the best with your farming journey. Is there anything that you'd like to add in closing before we say goodbye? Thank you very much, Dawn. Thank you for the opportunity. I want to say hello to all farmers, wishing them all the best, hoping they're getting rains where they are and hoping that their animals are well and their families are well. It's not easy being a farmer. I think we all know the challenges we all face on all levels, but we do it out of love. It's a passion. It's a calling. And I wish them all the best. And that concludes our exploration of the world of Nguni cattle breeding. It's a tale of heritage, resilience, and the fusion of tradition with innovation, a story that continues to evolve as these magnificent cattle roam the diverse landscapes of South Africa. A story that continues to evolve as these magnificent cattle roam the diverse landscapes of South Africa. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, keep exploring, learning and embracing the rich tapestry of agricultural practices that shape our world. From me, Don Numdu, our technical producer, Megan van der Fendt, and the rest of the hashtag Team Food from Zanzi, take care and happy farming. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Forms Zanzi so much.
they're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.